Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show all about our current world and everything within it. My name is Biz Paul and I'm here in the UK and over in the USA is my wonderful friend and co-host, it's Mrs. Felicia Jones. Hey Paul, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad. Weather's gone a bit to shit here, if I'm being honest. Oh, well, isn't that normal? <laughs> I mean, yeah. sorry, I don't know what that laugh was. Um, <laughs> but you um, yeah, uh, you. I mean, you're right. You're right. It's always pretty, pretty shitty. Uh, I, I don't. It's spring. I was hoping for it to be a little more spring-like, uh, but I've, I've had to wear the thermals today. Of course, no one here is putting on the heating anymore because nobody can afford it so okay. um, you know we're all like super cold well it's colorado so we're in winter part two so yeah. i'm just used to this it was 70 over the weekend but windy and now i think it's, it's been cloudy the last couple of days and it's supposed to snow so there you uh, go. again yeah you know, I was watching the news earlier and I saw um, that they were broadcasting like live from Moscow and there was clearly snow there. And I was like, God, winter is just so depressing. Well, that's probably why they went to war because they're just bored. Bored, yeah. Bored and cold. <laughs> yeah, let's heat up using some firepower. Oh, my gosh. So what have you been getting into recently? Because I have to tell you, I've been drawn into the world of British accents. <laughs> uh okay well let's just let's just hold my bit and <laughs> okay. let's, let's let's talk about that what what do you mean you've been drawn in by british accents well i had a friend who told me to watch sons of anarchy and i've i've never really got into it so i was like ah, i can put it on while i'm working and i realized and we watched uh, pacific rim the other night so it's one of these little i don't even know how to describe it some kind of monster movie but the main <laughs> character is the lead in sons of anarchy i was like oh that's kind of cool so of course i go and do my google thing and he's british and i was like oh that's interesting because um he only does american accents of course and so when i was watching sons of anarchy and he's in this biker gang and you can kind of tell that something's very interesting with his americanness it's like uh you know i think he his accent breaks a little bit uh and you could just kind of tell like i don't think he's completely american but still a captivating actor though but it, it's been fun so just and i think he lost his accent because he's been doing so many american movies so he have this this um like what you said a mary a mary glish kind of accent that's yeah. kind of in and out and you're and you don't know like what's going on like i think you're american but i don't think you're american but i don't know if you're british either so right yeah so okay, so this is so this is Charlie Hun Hunnam, Hunnam, right? yes, yes. Okay, who's who's a, a Geordie? He's like sport to be brother Geordie, like. Okay, what is okay? What does that mean? Is that because he's from a certain area? Yes, or what? So, yes. So a Geordie is somebody from the northeast of England, uh, specifically Newcastle upon Tyne. Okay, that's so fancy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Newcastle, that's a Newcastle upon Tyne, man. I need to go find a movie with people speaking Georgian. I know. I guess. <laughs> I know. Well, watch more movie. Oh, well. All right, Geordies. I like a Geordie. Are, are you doing a good impression of one, or is that like a well, bad Well, I think accent? so. Okay. I we need somebody know. on the show. <laughs> we need to invite somebody on the show so we'll know. <laughs> That's that's major that's majority accent, but okay. the the Geordie accent is quite it's quite a strong uh, and recognisable accent. The thing about British 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 accents or the or the British Isles in particular is that there are so many 
accents and dialects in a really short, um, small yeah. you know, part of the, um, the, the world, really. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know enough about about america to say whether that's the case in america yours oh yeah it it is (laughs) but uh, it would be given that like britain is the size of what like florida or something then it's like (laughs) having about 300 different accents in one state oh but but florida is like that though oh is it (laughs) you have so many languages and accents going from like all the various dialects of southern um it's 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 one of those things like I could never do a good impression of it, but I could probably tell very quickly where you are from in the South. Okay. I could tell if you're not from Alabama uh, or I could tell if you're from Louisiana, but not like new Orleans, Louisiana, which is very different than the rest of Louisiana. Okay. That's it. That's interesting. That's, that is interesting. See, I can't tell the difference between, for example, Newcastle and Sunderland, which are quite near each other, but people from up there very much would. But I can tell the difference between uh, a Brummie, so somebody from Birmingham, and um, the Wolverhampton Black Country Way, which, as we were discussing on WhatsApp, is where mm-hmm. a lot of my family are from. So, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of nuanced, but a lot of people would go, oh, it's just the same. So, oh, well... Dustin is like that. That's my husband, everyone. So he's like that with all Southern accents. He was like, it all sounds the same. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh no, they're from Mississippi. He was like, how can you tell? I was like, I don't know. You don't hear it. He was like, y'all all sound the same to me. <laughs> and he doesn't use a y'all. Yeah, he doesn't use y'all either. So, so you mentioned that um, Charlie Hunnam might have lost his accent, which I think you know is, is easily done. And it reminds yeah. me of a clip I saw of Lily James. Okay. Um, you know slash Pamela Anderson, who was being interviewed about Tom and Pammy or Pammy and Tom, whatever the show is called. Okay. And she responded in an American accent. She was, talk- was talking in an American accent. And she was like, stop, stop, Lily, you're English. But she'd been in character for so long and really worked on the accent that she it would just become normal for her to speak with an American accent. I, I mean, I guess if you if you had to work on it, yeah, I wouldn't drop it so that you wouldn't, I don't know, I guess so you wouldn't lose it. Um, but she doesn't need I it at that point. It, well, but I don't know. Maybe she just likes it. Yeah. I will that's, say that's this: I haven't found an American that does a good British accent. I've got one. Ooh, I've got one. Well, I need, now I need to okay. go watch this. So I don't know whether he is actually British or American now. So, and I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but uh, so, are you watching Moon Knight? No. Okay. Um, so that's who, been on the list. Who is the cat? Who is the guy? The actor there because he plays Poe in. Oh, in Star Wars. that guy. Yeah, but he's British. Is he British? I think so. Right. Um, okay. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Okay. I thought he was British. Well, okay. So I, I thought. Well, you know, he. I don't think he's. Oh no, he's American. He's American, right? Okay. So in he's Star Guatemalan. Wars, so okay so this proves my point really so in um in uh star wars mm-hmm. i just you know had no reason to question his uh nationality at all then when i watched moon knight i was shocked because i knew it was set in britain but i was like oh oh he's english that's how good his 
English yeah. accent is. And then when I saw a clip on TV the other day, I was really confused. So it, I wasn't sure. So now I know he's American, but that is a good English accent. Okay, that's good. Because I thought he was English. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's so weird is like a lot of British actors, they it's like they have to drop an octave to do an American accent. Sure. So it throws you off when you see them. And uh -huh. then Americans, and the only one I can really point to is Bridget Jones' Diary. That was probably the worst. Even I knew when I watched that, I was like, she sounds horrible. She wasn't um, the worst. I didn't think she was the worst. It sounded really bad to me. Big Van Dyke like... is probably the worst. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins. Because <laughs> you don't have to try that hard. <laughs> yeah. But then you could see, but... I found that English actors do a better better Southern accent than American actors because they try way too hard to be Southern. It's like, it ain't that hard, folks. Mm. But, yeah. So, anyway, but that was my, my 10 minutes obsession with, um, <laughs> what's his name again? Chris, Chris Hunnam? Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Char Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. He reminds me of our Charlie a little bit for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know. That's the beard, maybe. I think so in the hair in the and the hair, in the yeah. in the show. I mean, does Charlie ride a mo motorcycle? No, he can barely okay. drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie is not in a motorcycle gang, okay? No, no. <laughs> does Charlie listen to our show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> if he does one day, we love you, Charlie. Yay. Well, we do. That goes without saying, but you know, I'm just. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, that's your fixation with accents. I, I think yeah. this this is yeah. a good good topic. We can continue to find people who who does a, a good accent. Anything else going on in uh, in your neck of the woods? No, not much going on in in my Twitter life. I mean, other than um, oh gosh, what's what's happening? Unfortunately, there was a shooting in New York, so I guess we're starting to get learn more about what is going on there. New York has been having some issues late, lately um lizzo has her new underwear line out so if you're mm. interested in that and yeah. is celebrating um people um who aren't tiny mm -hmm. so that's good mm -hmm. um and she's showing it all so if you're interested she does. in that oh yeah she does <laughs> well you gotta demo the the thong right have. yeah so have. yeah so your own lingerie range and then not yeah. wear it some of her stuff is really cute though. It's kind of cute. I like a lot of the colors. I was looking at it last night, but I'm not mm -hmm. buying any. So, <laughs> but that's about that's about it. Um Britney Spears is pregnant. I saw that. Um yeah, that's it. That's that's about it. And um COVID is gone but still attacking people. <laughs> gone for so. not for, gone and yeah. forgotten. Not gone and not forgotten. Um, yeah, I know. Mm. And that's about it. That's all that's going on. What's going on in your world? Well, talking of COVID, a bit of breaking news happening uh, here on this side of the pond today, this afternoon. Um, you may remember Partygate and the issues that were happening yeah. around parties in Downing Street. <laughs> remember that? Yep. Uh, we were like obsessing about that. Uh, well, the police, the Metropolitan Police, who are the uh, police force in the Greater London area, Except for one part of London right in the centre called the City of London, which has its own police force because, you know, Britain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, they've been investigating these parties. Okay. The, I thought the, there were meetings. They were, they were work meetings. Yeah, yeah. Well, gatherings, right? Okay. So just to recap for the listener, um, at the time, uh, at various points during the pandemic, it was not permitted. It was against the law 
to meet in person if more than two people or six people or whatever the the rule was at the time um and uh the allegation was that there were several parties taking place in downing street at the time when the rest of the country were trying to abide the rules that downing street had actually set so it now transpires that they have gathered evidence and have charged various people with fixed penalty notices um which basically means they have broken the law and they will pay a fixed fine uh, because they were actually at the party. And guess who uh, broke the law that he was responsible for? Do you want to have a guess? Oh. Um, is it your PM? It is. That's a very good yeah. guess, Being That's what we were going <laughs> well, on and on about. That's, yeah, that's, it was all around him and him. Mm. And the party, no, sorry, the meeting at his house that wasn't a party. Yeah. That so, he didn't know about. That okay. he didn't know about. Well, this. So what he's been fined for is uh, his birthday, a gathering on his birthday uh, where in Downing Street where he was you know, ambushed by a cake. I think that was the one. Um, and so he's mm-hmm. been, he'd broken the law. He's been fined. His wife broke the law. She's been fined. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, the head finance guy, he was there. He's been fined. So the top two positions of senior leadership have broken the law. And That's so... A- yeah that's that's a very i don't know if it's a slippery slope yes i think they should be held accountable but if they're going to get fined for that what else can they get in trouble for not not saying that prime ministers or presidents should go and do bad things but i would assume they're always kind of skating the law anyway so where does this stop and is this just the beginning well, that's an interesting question because, of course, the call from the opposition party is, and and well, all of the opposition parties is that that you know he should he should go as as should Rishi Sunak, the the chancellor. Now, the logic behind that call is that um, breaking the law is a resigning matter. Misleading the House of Commons is a resigning matter. And yeah, yeah, he true, has true. he has done both of those things. So they are unsurprisingly calling him to go. What I find quite interesting is that he's come on television this evening and he's got in his hand because if, if you were slick, you you know, the, the, the piece of paper would be replaced by an auto cue. It would be a bit more stage managed. But Johnson is anything but slick. Let's face it. He's OK, scruffy. Uh, yes. at the best of times so yes, yes. so he's got this piece of paper uh, several pieces of paper stapled together which he's kind of glancing at and reading from we can all see it and he's, he's saying carefully prepared words which I guess he is hoping will assuage people enough to not force him out um, he's saying he takes responsibility um, he realizes that it shouldn't have happened at the time. He didn't really think that there was an issue and that he was um, out at, at, at a school earlier in the day and that he was rushed back to Downing Street. And he just thought, you know, he was at work. It's all like, say these words and we're hoping that it will it will be yeah. fine. But uh, Rishi Sunak has come under a huge amount of pressure this week because of his wife's tax avoidance. Um <laughs> It turns out that Rishi Sunak 
was uh, also a green American green card holder um, for many years, um, so that he either had to pay tax or not pay tax or something like that. So it's all like it's it's just all a big shit show, frankly. Um, yeah, but, but how this- did they let it get so far? Because usually, when something is this egregious, this would have been handled probably behind the scenes, and you know people would have. What what I'm I guess I'm trying to say is my assumption is that they they addressed the two of them and they said no we're not going to resign and now it's just a public shit show. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I think they've thought well, um, Johnson's ego will mean that he will not want to resign and he yeah. will resist. He's resisted every call for him to go throughout this whole sorry period so mm-hmm. um so he will continue to do that because his ego and narcissism doesn't allow him to um to 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 go out of principle um so i guess the advisors are just coming up with ways in which to to try and hold a line and hope that it it goes away and i think yeah. what they're thinking is that what what um causes it to go away is ukraine <laughs> okay because because that you know people are saying well you can't replace the leader of a country in uh, a period where the world is 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 Uh, essentially at war and all this kind of stuff and the the, the threat is high and of course i say of course as if you know people may not know this but um johnson went to kiev a couple of days ago on saturday i think it was he went yeah um and basically you know walked around the city with zelensky and People are going, oh, you know, he's the best friend of Ukraine and stuff like that. So he's getting the ego boost there. He wants to be seen as like this Churchill period, as we've discussed before. Um, so I just, what I've concluded is that actually, once again, Putin will probably save Boris Johnson's job. Wow. Okay. I. They're, yeah. Okay. They're doing distraction methods now. Yeah. I, I mean, I... I it, the whole thing just seems crazy that they let it get to this point. I'm assuming the other people who are opposite his party did threaten like, Hey, if you don't do something, we're going to, we're going to release this. And they said, you know, whatever. And so it got released. And so now he goes and plays the Ukraine card. Um, yeah. yeah well, I, I don't know what to even think about all of this. Well, I think that from where clearly within the Downing Street um, ecosystem or, or, or whatever you might want to call it, there are obviously people, civil servants who maybe, I don't know, have lost loved ones during the pandemic mm-hmm. who who have actually a moral compass and at the time either took photos to hold on to just in case they needed them um, or with a deliberate way to a deliberate idea to to get that out into the general public, because the only reason we know about them is because they've been leaked to the press uh, over the autumn. So, um, so, so, I guess they would have preferred for that not to come out at all. Um, but the ship's got a leak, and um, now we all know about it. And of course, it's. Involve, you know, COVID involves absolutely everybody in the country because everyone was affected, even if it was just through disruption to their life. So it's a very emotive subject, um, and people will find this hard to accept. 
The question is, will people just go along with it either because they feel that in the end, it you know, they can't be bothered um, or because they genuinely feel that we shouldn't be changing leaders at this time? Huh. Well, I mean, I guess they could. I don't know. Politics, <laughs> I don't even. I mean, it's a very. It's a very interesting strategy to do that. And it's a risky one, but I guess it could work. Uh, Do you know what, though, Felicia? I think it might work for them. I think that the public, what I've noticed is that, and I don't want to cast aspersions on the British public and generalise because there are clearly lots of people with, with principles. But for me, the fact that the government was elected in the first place tells me that people don't care or really don't understand it's a, probably a little bit of both i would assume i, I think so i just don't I, I don't want to kind of patronize people by suggesting that people aren't intelligent uh, enough um i think it's probably the case that people are intelligent enough and that they can that they know what the conservative party is like and what their general principles are but no, actually they yeah. well maybe they don't but yeah but, yeah but, no. <laughs> and maybe they've been conned into it and hoodwinked into it for sure um but i i just kind of feel that people have got to a point where they're so selfish or or they can't be bothered the apathy is just so big that actually it's better that they just you know go oh well that doesn't affect me so you know i'll just go i'll just go with it i can't be bothered you give way too much credit to humans <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think sometimes like... people just I think they kind of know what's going on and just don't know. And to some degree, it's not like they don't care. It's just like, it's just not that important. Like I got yeah. bills to pay. Like you guys are going to screw up anyway. So it doesn't well, really that's matter. Well, that's interesting. Cause I do wonder whether we have reached a point where people go, well, it's all a load of shit anyway. So, you know, they're, they're all um, terrible. But the, the um, French presidential election is kind of midway through now. We mentioned it last time. It's that- pretty close over there, isn't it? Well, it, yeah, I mean, it was, um, there was like, I think there was like 12 or 14 candidates and then they, the top two go through to the second round, which is mm-hmm. in um, two weeks. And uh, it was like 27% Macron to 23% Le Pen or something like that. Something around those scary. figures. A little scary. Yeah. Um, but that's a really good example of people going, Ugh, because the French and I am generalizing about a whole nation here, but the French are very passionate people and their politics tend to be uh, very principled. You know, just imagine like a Gallic th- th- uh, throw of the, the arms in the air and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, the French riot um, because of like public service uh, mm-hmm. degeneration and things like, like that. You know, you wouldn't get people writing over that here. People would go, so... Um, but I was I was reading with it quite interest actually how one of the consequences of Macron being voted in because he is very centrist um, is that he's kind of killed the left yeah and he's kind of killed the right and so the only option is the far right ooh yeah which is where Le Pen or the far is. left <laughs> or the far left but I don't yeah I. The far think... left sometimes are a little too cray cray, so mm. Mm. you just leave them alone. But th- but this is it. If the if the French have got apathy, I think generally as a as a society in 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 general, we're pretty doomed. 
Um, based on some of the readings I've done with um, just the articles of who's coming into power now, if, if that's not, if you don't uh, agree with the authoritarian leaders, this, this seems to be a thing that we're going to have to deal with yeah. for the next, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 years of this uh, yeah. style of leadership. I think you're right. Uh, it's I, a very I... aggressive type of leadership and we, we're seeing it all over the world with um, Hungary, South Korea, definitely um, we got India and yeah. we, we've seen it down in um, uh, Brazil and other countries in South America. <laughs> we've seen it here in the United States. Uh, it's just a, a few other countries are, are not there yet or they're about to elect these people in. So it's going to be a very, um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's something we're going to have to deal with. And I think, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of slipped back into some Cold War stuff because mm. authoritarian people are kind of like gangbangers to me. They get, <laughs> I mean, they get paranoid after a while. They, I mean, they kind of are. They get, they, they can rile people up, but then they get paranoid when it's not going right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, we're seeing that at the moment, aren't and, we? Quite and paranoid, clearly. yeah. Paranoid gets you into war. Um, you know, you know, that's what I've learned from Sounds of Anarchy and other, and other <laughs> gangster movies is that when you get paranoid, people start getting shot. Yeah, that is that is true. And quite clear. Yeah, there's a lot of paranoia with with Putin. That's really interesting. I mean, I feel a little bit depressed by um, that whole idea of what you just said. Oh, but, welcome to 20, yeah, 2020s. <laughs> but I think I actually do think think you're right. Uh, that's that is the direction. It's interesting you say, you know, we need to get used to it um i mean it's it's happening i i know on the even the local government level is happening here in the united states um and of course we've seen it on the president level so and um trump is getting ready to run again and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if he won but, i wouldn't either you know yeah so um, can i just relay this back to like a really super local level because now mm -hmm. that you mention it um and anyone following my instagram will will have heard about the villagers um, but the uh, head of the parish council, this sounds very English, doesn't it? The parish council. Yes, it but is. But the, the leader of the parish council, <laughs> the leader of the parish council here in uh, the place where I live is very much authoritarian now we come to mention it. And um, yeah, she, she's got some, some similarities with some of these leaders. Um, I was literally just reading in the, the little local free newspaper today um how they've been recommended to uh, be investigated and to take some advice on how they should perform um mm -hmm. and she says no she says no that's that's not needed and it's like mm, they mention it all right so i mean so this is a thing that i think we're gonna have to adapt to um it I, from what I've read, it never ends well on a global scale. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. Do we need to come up with some leadership lessons on LinkedIn about this? Like, I mean, do I, do yes. I need to change my style of leadership in my business as a result of this? Just so I, that, you know, do more. I, I think it's gonna start happening. I mean, because we're still kind of battling. We're still battling the pandemic. And a lot of companies are battling, bringing people back to work, not to work, people resigning, which I kind of think will turn into people being more authoritarian with like, look, you know, we tried to do the hug everybody and go to work, you know, and stay at yeah. home now, get back to work or find a new job. I, I know some companies have been like that and I wouldn't be surprised over the next 
within the next five years, we start seeing people just like laying down the law, like this is how it's going to be. And to be honest, if the cost of living crisis uh, and the economy uh, nose bombs, then you can kind of see that actually this whole idea of like the great resignation where the power mm -hmm. is with the employee suddenly switching uh, and like lots of people are just completely out of work. And then it then it's not really the case that, that there's no resource because actually there's just no jobs instead. Yeah, I, I think the era of I'm listening to you and want to understand you, I think that we might be at the tail end of that. Goodness. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I've got to say, Felicia, at the risk of sounding very self-congratulatory, I think this is one of the most insightful episodes we've ever created. Oh, wow. Look at us. Yeah. Insightful. Do you know, we should have submitted this one for the awards. I know, but we still probably would have lost anyway. It doesn't matter. Because they're not listening to us. No, so, they're not. Yeah. No. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, well um, okay. Well, I think, yeah, we've got some interesting few weeks, months, maybe yeah. years of this podcast to come based on the yeah, way that I, I think life is so. going. We're going to end up being more political than I think what we started out to. But um, we do have to end on a end the show on a high note because um, one of your fellow countrymen's child got married. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's politics for you. <laughs> Are we talking about the Beckhams? Yes, I don't know anyone else. Yeah, well, I mean, hmm. you don't yeah. you don't like the Beckhams? Aww. I have no beef with the Beckhams. I think David Beckham is one of the greatest English footballers of all time. I think he's, he's a, great a very pretty man. He's very handsome. Let's yeah. not say pretty. I mean, he's pretty, but he's handsome. No, he's pretty. He's um, pretty handsome. He's cute. Yeah, he's he's pretty. Yeah, to look yeah, at. yeah. I think he's um, an excellent man. Um, yeah. I think that he's earned the right to do whatever he wants. He's great with, um, does a lot of charity work. And to be fair to his wife, Victoria Beckham, she is uh, self-made, you know, she's gone from yeah. a pop star to being a very successful fashion designer. Good for her. Yeah. Could I give a shit about their children marrying, uh, one of their children marrying uh, a billionaire's daughter? No, I could not. Oh, oh, they married a billionaire child, whatever. Yeah. Oh, what bill? What kind of billionaire? What, what Someone Pelt, Nic Nicola Pelt, Nicole Pelt. I don't oh, know. I don't, know, I don't know. I have zero interest in it, and I'm I'm a bit annoyed at the amount of coverage and you know they've sold their pictures to Vogue. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for them. They're in love. They got married. Great. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. But. When people can't afford to put heating on or they can't afford to eat, <laughs> I do have slight issues with people making Aww. such a big deal about a wedding where it's very, very expensive. The heat is overrated, Paul. <laughs> not in this country, it's not. <laughs> Food is overrated. Uh, one of the takes that I saw was, I mean, I it's not that big of a deal here, but it just popped up on Twitter. I, I saw something about it and just quickly overlooked it. But a couple of the takes that I've seen have been from individual people who are fans of David Beckham saying, you know what? Um, the, they said like the sad part is that they are not even remotely unattractive boys. Their dad is just David Beckham. So basically people are saying that he should never have had his dad in his wedding photos because <laughs> nobody is paying attention to him. They're only looking at his dad. So yeah, but do you know what? Like, he wouldn't be anything without his dad, so his dad can be in the pictures. 
Yeah, but you you don't remember. I mean, half the time I thought it was David Beckham who got married. It's like, who? <laughs> like I mean, he looks good, but yeah. You, so people are the young kids are saying that his dad ate up the photos and just you know killed all the photos for them. But oh well. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. See, maybe you should look. I don't know. I know. No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Oh well, but you know, he. I guess you know, good for them. Marriage. Hopefully, it lasts. Yeah, good oh, for them. Yeah. Give it, give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. Marriage is a lot easier when you have to think about money. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> the best marriage advice ever. Just marry for money, go. people. Refer yeah. back to our episode on marriage advice. Uh, yes, <laughs> if you're interested in more thoughts about about that, maybe we should update that episode. Maybe we need to revisit some of these topics again and see has anything changed. In no, the past, just marry uh, for money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else could. Yeah, you know, Russians have a lot of money, so you can go there. Oh dear, don't go there. Yeah. Oh, well, they don't. Okay. In the, well, they do. It's just impounded. Yeah. <laughs> impounded money. So that's future money. There you go. Future money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all <laughs> over, and we revert back to type. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> goodness. All right, let's leave oh. it there. Um, yes. That's been leave wonderful. it with David Beckham. Leave yes. it with da- yeah. Let's let's leave on a high note. Let's just imagine David Beckham and how beautiful he is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for another wonderful uh, uh, episode. Like I say, I, th- I feel like I've really gained something from this conversation. That's good. I'm glad you did. We'll have yeah. to talk about that next week because I'm not yeah. sure what I got. <laughs> All right. See you in the next episode. Yeah. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.